Hey, what's up? It's the Untold Hype Podcast. It's our first episode. We're your hosts, Alyssa. And Devon. I'm excited. Me too. I've been waiting for this. Been waiting for this to drop. But you know what I'm most excited about, though? What? I feel like I, I strong-armed you into doing this podcast. Okay. Uh, you agree. So you agree. Well, when you say strong arm, I have a lot of connotations, but I'm cool with it. Well, I, I just always said I'm not going to do a podcast unless I do it with you. Yeah. And True. It, and yes. I'm glad it worked out that way. Yeah. I love doing things with you. And I've been saying for the past couple of years, I'm like, please do this podcast with me. So, but I think I'm most excited. Back to what I was saying. I'm most excited because I'm excited for people to get to know you. Yeah, I'm excited because we get to do something together and enjoy it. And you know what? The time is now because it's a Jordan year, 2023. Oh, I did not, <laughs> I did not know where you were about to, uh, where you were going. With yeah, that. it's the Jordan year. But okay, so you have your. I'm staring at you face to face. Yes. You have your Dragon Ball Z shirt on today, which I was hoping you would reference. Why? <laughs> because I want to talk about Dragon Ball Z. Is that why you wore the shirt? Because that was going to be no. my next question. Why did you choose? No, to I was wear actually this shirt? not going to wear it because I didn't. You know, I know you don't really like this shirt, <laughs> but I wore it to Best Buy, and uh-huh. then I kept it on because you wasn't tripping. I was hoping you would mention it. Because I know some of the listeners grew up watching DBZ, the anime heads. I'm not an anime head, but I did watch Dragon Ball DBZ. Z. It's up. it's like it's kind of like the beginner intro class of anime, right? Oh, yeah, it's Dragon an OG. It's one of the mangas. I think that's what they call it. I do. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can get into it. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I do remember like my uncles watching Dragon Ball Z, but look at that. I was on Sailor Moon. So I watched a little bit of Sailor anybody Moon. Anybody else? While a I Sailor was Moon other girly. Stuff. Me and my sister and my cousin used to pretend we were the Sailor Moon characters. I was Mars. My sister was Jupiter. Um. Anyways, though, but I don't watch that's anime deep, anymore. By the way, how's yeah. your week going? It's going good. Yeah. It's going good. Um. Work was good. Family life. Um. Yeah, I don't really have to reflect, but yeah, I think it's going good. Yeah, going I'm good. looking forward what, to the weekend. What was the most interesting thing that happened this week? The most interesting thing that happened is definitely us doing this podcast. But before <laughs> that, <laughs> uh, let me think. Let me think. I don't know. It's okay. I mean, you, can, you can think about it. I, I can. Yeah. Edit. I mean, I could tell you that the the garbage man. I was afraid that he wasn't coming this morning because I was looking at my garbage and I'm like, the garbage is still there. Which is rare because when I pulled in, he was getting the garbage and it was 11. Right. he usually be here at, at like 7 a.m. Or before. And so I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is what grown people talk about. If the garbage man <laughs> don't come, I know what that means. I'm going to have to go borrow somebody's pickup truck, take it all the way to this other side of the city to throw it away. It's just, it would have been a nightmare. Uh, yeah. Thank I don't God know. I don't know why they came so late. But when I pulled up to the house. Services. You were cleaning the windows. Yeah. And we haven't cleaned the door, the glass door in a while. So I, I was know. like, it look was at random. I was like, look at this man who is taking care of his home. Shout just, out to you. Come on. Just trying to, you know, be grateful for the things that I got. Okay. Maybe I'll get more in the future. You know? Okay. Faithful with a little bit. You might get some more. Okay. A word. You always got a word. <laughs> Can't help it. Literally before we sat down to do this, he came from the bathroom. <laughs> And he, you just started <laughs> preaching a sermon. I'm like, it wasn't a sermon. Always, there's always something, which is great. I appreciate it. God always speaks. That's another podcast. That's another podcast episode. Exactly. Yeah. So you're gonna ask me how my week? <laughs> how was your week? How was your week? <laughs> I'm like, how was my week? My week was it flew by. I felt like every day something interesting happened, but. Every time I, because I've been thinking about this podcast and I was like, oh, let me think about something interesting that I want to share with the people. But now that I'm here, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, though. Yeah, but um, it's been, oh, here, here's, what, here's what I was thinking about yesterday, actually. You said on a newsletter earlier this week, it was titled The Calm Before the Storm. Mm. We, we about to get deep. Yeah, let's go. And it really feels that way, not just like in the current college town that we live in. Mm-hmm. You know, you share that because the summer was quiet. We live in a college town. The college kids left and yeah. they're getting ready to come back. 
next week. Now, for our jobs, we work with college students. Mm -hmm. um, separate, you know, separate avenues. Yeah, separate which is interesting. Vocations, yeah, right? Totally different industry. Please, maybe that's why I feel like I haven't grown up. because Maybe. Just, it does keep you youthful it, and connected. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out at what moment am I going to be, become that person that's just too old that's <laughs> trying to be hip. Yo, but I had that thought the other day. I was looking <laughs> in the mirror at my outfit. And I was going to say, Alyssa, if I ever become one of those old heads that are still wearing kids jerseys and it doesn't match, please let me know. But then, like, I'm 31 in a Dragon Ball Z t-shirt. No, I was literally about to say that. Says the man who <laughs> wants to be grown, who says he doesn't want to wear graphic tees whenever we go shopping. But this is the only graphic tee I have, isn't the it? The only. Isn't it? The only. The only graphic tee I have. What? What no, I'm gonna go look in your closet later, Watch. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna prove you wrong. I think you have another graphic tee. I haven't thought about it, but right now that I'm talking about it, I think there's the only one. Because <laughs> DBZ is OG. Okay, but yeah, so we work with college students, and um, they're getting ready to flood the city, flood the gates mm. of our town. <laughs> <laughs> but not only is like is it the calm before the storm of of our city because we feel it when they come back um but it's the calm before the storm of our fall season because it's really busy for us for work yeah i remember what it was like last fall and i was reflecting on last fall and everything that went down i have a little bit of ptsd that's extreme sorry that's bit. dramatic <laughs> But we had but a lot. People know what you mean. We had a lot of things happen last fall. That was I was pregnant with our second child, mm. and you know, whenever you're pregnant, your hormones, your stress is like heightened. It was the first time I was in my new job that I experienced like a busy season for us, and I didn't. I did not know what to expect. Oh, I got into a car accident while I was oh, yeah. pregnant with our daughter, and that was a stressful time. Wow, and it was just. It, it was a lot happening, so I'm I'm trying to mentally prepare. So that's kind of what I've been doing this week is trying to like get our house in order, declutter, organize yeah. to try to minimize as many like stressors. <laughs> One thing that I can't get a hold of is our laundry, but that's fine. Like I, we'll we're gonna figure it out. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. Maybe when these kids get old enough to do laundry, that'll be how we figure it out. Oh yeah, I'll just do them. Yeah, you do your own laundry, by the way. Our oldest could probably do it right now. She's so smart. No, but she she's could just focus. She our three-year-old daughter. Yeah. Almost four-year-old daughter. She just can't reach. She just can't reach the washer and dryer. So we could pull it out for her, and then she could. We'll yeah, see. I mean, I've been she, every time I do laundry, she asks to do it with me. So, which <laughs> I'm grateful for. Um, she's asking me like, "Hey, how do I fold this?" And I'm like, "Untapped I will, potential." I will show. You. Let's go. Untap potential of doing laundry. Yeah. <laughs> My mom used to always say, Devon, we don't have maids. <laughs> it's always stuck with me. I'm like, you're right. If that thing's on the floor, Devon, we don't have maids. It's our responsibility. Yeah. To clean and manage this house. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. That's very true. This is our first episode. So, of course, we have to introduce ourselves. We have to share with the people what our podcast is all about. Um, we're going to intro who I am, who Devon is, and this is going to be a two-part intro, two-part episode intro. Part one, we're gonna I'm going to be interviewing Devon. Mm -hmm. We're going to wow. be... Y'all ready for this? <laughs> I'm going to be interviewing Devon. Essentially what this podcast is about, it was created so that we can explore conversations around our faith as Christians. We are Christians. We're followers of Jesus. Um, and we just wanted to create a space where we could talk about how being a believer impacts every area of our lives, from our careers, our relationships between one another, our friendships, even with our kids, our parents, our family, our community, even um, how it impacts even our health and our personal growth. And we hope to unveil the mysteries of Jesus, the reason why this is called the untold hype is we're unveiling the hype behind who Jesus is and how Jesus just really impacts every area of our lives. Um, even if you guys are listening and we don't share the same beliefs or views or faith, I think that you can still get something from this. And we yeah. hope that you stay because yeah. Yeah. a big part of this podcast is that we do want to engage with you all. 
So hopefully in future episodes, we can have you guys write in your stories or um, write in your questions. But for today, I'm going to be asking my questions for you, Devon. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hopefully I'm not too raw. I hope not, because the other day I I said, hey, do you want me to, you know, give you the questions beforehand so you could think about it? And Devon said no. No, it's better for me not to have a script personally. We're going to jump into your journey to how you um, how you became who you are now. 31 year man married for seven years this summer. Um, Dad of two gorgeous girls. Um, you've been working in full-time ministry for the past seven, eight years? Yeah, I think it's gone on seven. Like, as far as, like, paid full-time. Yeah. Yeah, since 2015. Yeah, so that's, like, maybe eight years. Because mm-hmm. we got married in 2016. So, and we've been married. We we just yeah. celebrated our seventh, yeah, yeah. seven-year anniversary. Yeah, so July 2015. Yeah, you don't do anything else, but you do ministry. You work with a wide range of, of people, of a large range of demographics, but your focus is college students mm-hmm. or college students and young professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're also getting your master's in divinity. Yes, this is true. Little so, by little. So look at you. You're kind of an expert. You're kind of. Maybe I, I'm a practitioner, but I have put over 10,000 hours. Oh, really? Into, you know, the things that I talk about. Okay. Yeah. That's my assumption. Yeah. It has to be over 10,000 hours. I mean, it's been like, I've been following Jesus since 2012. Yes. So let's get into <laughs> that. So actually, that I was going to lean into that. So yeah. you would say that you've been following Jesus since 2012. You were like 19, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So, but what I can recall, though, is that, you know, you grew up going to church. You, yes. As a young kid, you, I remember you telling me how, you know, someone was praying for you and try to push you down. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's what you remember. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. Well, I just you did grow up in the or church. At least that's what I told my mom. But okay. to this day, we don't know. You don't know if it's true. You don't remember. If the person pushed me or if God pushed me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe that's a question for God when you meet him. Yeah, I know. Who pushed me that one time? Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, you you know, you had t- a tattoo. Uh, scripture tattooed on you in high school. Yes. I remember you talked about going to New Year's, ser- New Year's Eve services or like going away for like lock-ins or camps or yeah, trips. Yeah, lock-ins, yeah. But it's funny that you say, it's not funny, but it's interesting that you say that you didn't start following Jesus until you were 19 or 20. So did you not consider yourself a Christian the years prior? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I think if somebody would have asked me that, I would say, yeah, I know God, but to me, God was like a distant father figure. Mm-hmm. And from what I know now, I wasn't following Jesus. I had not submitted my life to God. I didn't understand um, the complexities of what I was getting myself into. You know, uh, a lot of people that grow up in church get baptized at a young age. I got baptized at a young age, but I didn't understand what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I do remember a pastor leading me through a prayer to give my life to Jesus. Um, And so that is in my memory banks, but only God knows, you know, like there were seeds of faith there. Maybe it grew later, but in my mind, I started following Jesus 2012. Okay. So prior to that, Mm -hmm. what was your view on God? You said that you viewed him as a distant father figure. So what do you mean by that? Yeah. Like, um, I know he's there. I know he can see me. Uh, Every now and then I would feel like, man, I shouldn't do this or maybe I should do this. Um, I would go to church because my mom would tell me to go to church, but I really wouldn't understand what was being taught. Mm -hmm. However, there were things that were kind of written in my subconscious. There were certain verses that I remember from childhood, uh, which have actually stuck with me. But I can't tell you that I was practically living by those verses or those scriptures. You know what I mean? And so by the time I got to middle school, high school, um, eventually my mom was like, you know, on a Sunday morning, that's between you and God. You don't have to come to church. You can stay home. And I remember that was a shift. I'm like, oh, shoot, I can stay at the crib. Looking back, do you you appreciate that? Or do you wish that like she would have made you go to church? That's a good question. I actually haven't thought about it very much. Um, I think that it's okay 
that she said that's between you and God. But it is it is between us. Now, I, I totally agree with putting your children in certain spaces to accept the faith that you have and stuff like that. I'm like, if if I don't introduce them to it, they're going to be introduced to some other belief system or faith. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But at the end of the day, um, my God or her God is not necessarily going to be my God until I submit to him and follow him. And so I think looking back, I think that was fine yeah. for her to say, you know, I'm not going to force you to go to church. Like you're the age where that's between you and God. If you want to go, she's kind of putting the ball in my court. Do yeah. you want this or not? Um, but I would always say these prayers before I went to sleep. There were some things that stuck with me. I would say these certain prayers before I went to sleep. There's this thing called the book of Jabez. <laughs> <laughs> I would read these, these things, you know, uh, but I wouldn't understand. Mm-hmm. I would understand there was no enlightenment Yeah. until 2012. So he was like a distant father figure. I didn't know him personally. I didn't understand the type of relationship I could have with him. I didn't understand that I could hear him every day or see him moving in my life. There were just different moments where I'd be like, Ooh, I'm not going to do that because I feel like God doesn't want me to do that. Yeah. So that's, that's a very interesting thing to think about at this time. Yeah. Much so later. I didn't grow up going to church and you know, we can talk about my background next episode, yeah, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> But I wonder, do you think your church experience impacted, you know, where you were in your faith, your lack of knowledge? You said, I didn't, you, I'm hearing you saying like, I didn't know, I didn't realize what it was. Do you think that's, this is a deep theological question probably, do you think that's a result of maybe the church you grew up in or something else? Yeah, I think the complexities are, there's a lot of factors there. Um, they could have been teaching me Bible, teaching me Jesus the whole time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, And so with stuff like that, there's the person's will that's involved. There's God's timing. There's good teaching. There's what are the people like? There's so many factors that are there when someone decides to follow God or follow Jesus. I can't put my finger on it. I think it's all of it. You know what I'm saying? But the fact that there were these verses that are still in my mind yeah. that were actually bearing results in my life shows that there's something in the scriptures. There's power there. That's it, it was literally deep. the first tattoo that I put on my body, but I wasn't even following Jesus. Right. And I, I did the other day, you did say <laughs> that you didn't even realize what that scripture was I didn't even about. realize what it was about. What until scripture is it? Share. It's uh, Isaiah 54, 17 correct on that or 57 14 57 i think so <laughs> 54 17 uh no weapon formed against me shall prosper and i shall refute every tongue that rises against me in judgment so that was that was the verse there was three verses that are in my mind john three sixteen, this mm-hmm. one and greater is he that is in you than he is in the world yeah and i didn't realize at least two of those verses part of the implication is fighting against spiritual darkness yeah <laughs> But you thought you thought it just meant your haters at school. (laughs) I don't know what I thought. I was just like, I know anybody gonna be able to stand against me if God's with me. Your plans will not succeed. Like that's all I know, and I'll be good at debating you. That's how I thought that last part was. I'll be good at debating you. I'll be able to defend myself against accusation. Wow. Yeah. So, do you think that because of your background growing up going to church, if you had not gone to church, do you think you would have? Well, I'm asking like theological questions, actually. I'm asking as if I'm asking as if I don't know the answers or as if I don't know you. Mm -hmm. But do you think because you went to church later on in your life when you did decide to follow Jesus, it was it was because of your church history? No, I think. It's just God. Okay. Uh, Scripture says that, you know, he knew us before the creation of the world. You know, and I know people debate about this thing, but I believe that God had a plan and it wasn't going to be thwarted. It mm-hmm. wasn't going to be changed by my self-destructive activities and behavior. Mm-hmm. So whether I grew up in church or not, he loved me. He was going to, you know, open my eyes to see who he was and I was going to surrender to him. Now, I made real decisions that have real implications. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it matters. There's people that don't grow up in church that you yeah. know, decide to follow God. Like and, me. Exactly. So his hand was always there. Okay. So I've known you since I was 15, Mm. since you were Mm -mm -mm. 15. 
Was I 16 or were you 15? We were, we're both, both 15? 15. You're only I'm just playing. three months. We were both 15. We were young. You like to think you were so much older than me. I now you joking with you because I know it gets to you a little bit. And now you weren't a grade above me, so maybe that's why you feel superior. <laughs> but I I'm met you. Not superior to you. I met you when you were just a young buck. You had your wee baby dreads, baby locks mm -hmm. growing in. So that's how you know it was real. Yeah, the struggle dreads. That's how you know I really struggle liked locks, you. Twists. But I met you in gym class. I mean, I did see you around. I did see, you you know, you were the varsity basketball player. Mm. Mysterious. I, yep. was, I was the JV cheerleader. So I would see you. I'd be like, who is this guy? And then you were in my gym class. And then I actually it was me who uh, shooted the shot. So. Did you? I did. We, You know what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Subtly. That's another episode. Now. Yes. That's another episode. We're going to share our love story because it's it's a good one. Yeah, I like it. It's my favorite. I wouldn't trade it for anything else in the world. What? Our love story? Yeah. I like ours. <gasps> but I love that. Wait, actually, I never heard you say that. So. Yeah. Wow. Inside. It's unique. Yeah. I'm literally dying. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Anyway, so I've, I've known you for a long time. But what I can remember about you, though, is that. You were a party boy, would you say so? After <laughs> after we dated. Devon and I only dated for a short six months. And then, like, shortly after that, once you got your car. Yeah, it was over. <laughs> <laughs> once I got that whip, that accurate TL, silver, oh, tinted windows, you already snow that. R.I.P. Not R.I.P., but. Uh, it's in a good place. It's in a good, good place. Hands, it wherever is. it is. It is. You, you gave that car away to mm -hmm. to a friend of ours. But I think some people who maybe even listening in know you from high school mm -mm. who haven't known you since like you were maybe 18 Forgive even. Me if I ever did you wrong. <laughs> I was, yeah. You want to get it all out now? You want to <laughs> apologize? I, one of these episodes will get into it. <laughs> all my regrets. You want to apologize to all the, all the girls? <laughs> Let's not go there. No, I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking. But I'm also with you. Um, yeah. But anyway, so I think feelings. I think they would say, like, how did you end up here? Like, from where you used to be, like, ain't no way you're this, just this religious church boy who used to be this person, and now you're completely 180, right? 180? Yeah. 180. Yes. Kind of. Kind of. So <laughs> what I recall... Issues. Yeah. Many. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, many. It is funny you say that uh, after I started following God... I went back to my city. Uh, we're from Charlotte, and uh, I saw this guy in the. Uh, <laughs> I saw this guy in the mall. It was me and my friend, and we started talking to him about God. And he knew me, but he didn't know the other guy from high school. And he was like, "Hold up, Divine! Like, you can't talk. I'll listen to him, but I'm not about to hear what you gotta say." And I think he was saying like. Bro, like I know you, you know. Yeah. What are you and, talking uh, about right now? Yeah, what are you talking about right now? So it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Things so change, you were okay, so the way I viewed you, if I can reflect back in high school I mean, this is high school years, so this is so long ago. But you were a party boy. Okay. I remember you used to say you were drinking on Fridays. You would would you go to school drunk? Sometimes I would go to school tipsy. Tipsy. There's a difference. Okay. Maybe there is. It's like, but yeah, different. Friday was that day. Yeah, that was that day. And then I you a, would I had a whole ritual. Yeah, routine. Yeah. And then you would party on the weekends, right? You yeah. would go figure yeah. out what you and your friends were gonna get into, what girls you were gonna get. Into. Sorry, sorry. I just see <laughs> you just as raw as me. <laughs> You're probably a little bit more unfiltered than me sometimes. I'm sorry, it just came to mind. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then you guys were also known as like the guys that threw the parties. You oh, threw okay. all the parties. I didn't know that. No, I'm just playing. Yeah. Doing drugs, popping pills. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> drinking. Yeah. Drinking and driving. Drinking. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Had some run-ins. God's mercy kept me. So do you think you were doing drugs and partying and drinking and the girls, was that just fun or were you trying to escape or like, what do you think that was? I think it was probably all of it. Looking back, it was fun. Um, but I think that my life really didn't have deep substance or meaning. And I did, I do remember there were times where after an experience, 
I would feel a low and I would feel like this joy, this pleasure is fleeting. Like I was a pleasure pursuer at all costs, you know? Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't say at all costs. There was limits, you know, I wasn't just doing anything. Yeah. Uh, but that was my goal. And so I enjoyed my friends. I love my friends. I still do to, to this day. Um, I enjoyed, you know, the, the ecstasy but don't from we, partying don't we and stuff all like, like that. pleasure though? Yeah, we, we do. But some of us are, I think are more disciplined than others. You know what I mean? And, um, so I find myself to be someone who likes thrills you know, I call myself a red pill kind of guy. If you ever seen the matrix, like I'll go down the rabbit hole. And so there were some things that I was doing that even my friends weren't doing, but I didn't connect it to brokenness or rebellion or unbelief or anything like that until much later in life where I was like, Oh, well, you know, there was some unresolved things there. And I'm not the one to say every issue we have is external pressures. Yeah. I don't believe that. Like, um, but I realized when I got to college, when my, you know, my source of comfort and satisfaction and identity was stripped from me. What was that? I think it was the 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 party scene, my friend group, the status, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. You know, like the constant adventure on a weekend. When I got to this party school, um, you college. know, it had a, in college it it had a reputation of being a party school. Yeah. And I got here and I was like, man, we were throwing better, par- better parties in high school than what I'm experiencing here. <laughs> it was so, just different. It was-, it was different. Yeah, yeah. It was just my race. <laughs> my demographic weren't throwing parties. It was the yeah. the white people. You know what I'm saying? And I wasn't hanging out with them as much, which I don't have a, any problem. But So I was like, hold up. This is not what I thought it was going to be. And I had to be in situations where I had to reflect on my life. Mm. You know, you're away like- from home. What situation? Just boredom, just time, you know, hmm. in the dorm, downtime. And certain things would start to affect my body that I was doing, like alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, my my gut started to backfire. I would be like, you know, vomiting. And I don't want to get into all the details, but I realized that what I was doing was actually affecting my health. So it made me reflect, like, is there more than life than what I'm doing and what I'm experiencing? Yeah. And then certain drugs I didn't like, like I didn't like getting high smoking weed Mm -hmm. because I would get super paranoid. And, you know, that was one of the ways I would know that there was something wrong. Every (laughs) almost every time I would smoke weed, I would feel like there was a magnifying glass from heaven and God was looking at me. And all of a sudden I'm religious and I'm like, yo, like paranoid over what? That God was watching you or paranoid over other things? Wild stuff. I mean, God's watching me. I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Uh, the cops are going to come get me. You know, I can't talk to girls like I used to. Like if I was on alcohol, I'm like, man, liquid courage, bold as a line. I could talk to everybody. My personality comes out. I'm having fun. I'm chill. But when other people smoke weed, they'll be like chilling. I'm be like, yo, I don't even trust (laughs) y'all. What are we doing? The boys is about to hit down the door any second now. I'm about to like fall out of my seat and fall into hell. Like I would have these super Off of high blowing you know, thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. A I lot would, of people my don't IQ ha- would go down. People in my don't opinion. have that experience with weed. Usually it's like yeah. other drugs, but exactly. Some people do. Some, Some people, people do. Yeah. But most people, you know, they feel chill. I was like, nah, <laughs> I don't like this. So the time you, okay, this makes me think of the time you said you thought you overdosed on ecstasy. Maybe you did. Maybe we got to Google this. Because you could overdose yeah. and not die. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely an overdose, yeah. Really? Yeah. Too much. Wow. A bad trip, yeah. Was that in high school or college? That was high school. Are you sure? I'm positive. I remember it was like it was yesterday. Tell us. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was always seeking the next high, really. And so when I started to get connects to pills and ecstasy, I think it started with like Vicodin and oxycodone and stuff like that. I had had like a sinus infection and my doctor gave me two bottles full of hydrocodone. For a sinus. For a sinus infection. No, I thought it was because you had surgery. It was a sinus infection. I got oxy for the surgery. Okay. I got, it was a sinus thing. That's when I got the hydro. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know you get hydro for sinus infection. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. I, you know, that's news to me. Yeah, okay, go ahead. They call it the the RX 
uh, epidemic or our generation. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, I was experimenting and it, it, this stuff would happen right before spring break when everybody's about to go to Myrtle beach. And so yeah. I was like handing out pills, all that stuff. So one thing led to another, I wanted a higher experience. So I got to connect to ecstasy, which I think this was before Molly was popular. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was an older gentleman, probably in his forties, black guy. <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter. How do you know older gentleman? In this I remember. I remember a, what he looked like. Well, I'm saying like as a high schooler, how do you know? Exactly. But there's connects. One thing leads to another. Somebody knows somebody. Boom, boom, boom. You get a number. And so, yeah, I would meet him in a certain side of the city <laughs> and he would give me these pills. They would have like Mario on them or whatever. We don't got to get into all the details, but so the first experience was you had a blast. Remarkable. Remarkable. It was it was remarkable. I mean, I felt Please, like I was on don't top make, of the world. Don't tempt people to try this. Yeah, no, but see, here's the thing. The presence of God is pure. Yes. And the presence of God is the best. He's called, you know, we joke, I, not you, but he's the most high. Yes. Like, it's the high that you were made <laughs> for, his love. It's eternal. And when I would do these drugs, I knew that I would come down. Mm -hmm. And when I was in that down state, I knew that I would be unfulfilled. And that started to become more real to me over time. So anyways, And I think that's the thing with addiction, though, is that like yeah. how people get addicted. Yeah. Because they yeah. come down, they're like, OK, I need more. I yeah. Need more, I need more. Yeah. And it works on your biology and your neurology. Like this, the pleasure centers, they hijack your pleasure centers so that you have to go back to get another high. That's crazy. But with the presence of God. Anyways, don't no, start to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh, there's no coming down. When you come down, you can go back. Uh, it's good. Uh, so, yeah, so the first time was great. Um, honestly, I think the first time me and my friends ran from the cops. <laughs> it was the a wild the night. First the time. first time. <laughs> we were out in the woods. Somebody was smoking weed, and the cops came. And I'm like, the first time I take X. But we got away. <laughs> we got away, met up at cookout. Uh, <laughs> the meeting place. Yeah, the meeting place. And I remember this girl, I was like, I, I, maybe I was in touch with my emotions or something. This girl was like, you should take X all the time. You're just so <laughs> nice and all this stuff. So that began my journey with X. And then long story short, did it a couple of times. Well, this one particular time, I got, I think, two. And in my mind, I was saying to myself, the last batch I got wasn't strong. Mm-hmm. So I took two within 30 minutes of each other. Mm. Now, we don't have to get in the complexity of drugs, but there's like release time mm -hmm. and there's the stuff gets into your system in a yeah. certain amount of time. And so that was way too close together. So just because you don't feel it within 30 minutes. Were you the only one that did that? I was the only one that did it. Did, anybody, did anybody know that you did that? I think so. I think they knew. Yeah. And they were just like, you're fine. I think they knew. I'm pretty sure they knew. Yeah. yeah. And so I took the second one pretty close together. We go to a party at like a, I think it was like an apartment or a hotel or something. And we're having fun. And all of a sudden, it just dawns on me. And the way I describe it is, it's funny. I call it, it felt like I was stoned. But when people say stoned, they think high or something like that. It felt like I had been poisoned. And um, I go to the bathroom and I begin to throw up blood. Mm. and my friends are in the the mirror playing and everybody's having fun you know uh, everybody's high whatever and i'm like looking at this blood in the toilet thinking that's not good yeah that's never happened before did you panic and i didn't because you're still high you know <laughs> okay and so i'm just like okay well i go sit on the couch to try to relax because my body starts tripping out my body starts getting hot and cold hot and cold hot and cold just I go from being really, really hot to mm -hmm. being really, really cold. And it was strange. I had this girl come sit down beside me and we started having a conversation. I didn't know who she was. And I think I might have told her that I had taken some eggs. And then she was like, said something about her boyfriend took eggs and all this other stuff and how it affected sex drive and all this stuff. I was like, this is too much. Like, I don't know what she's I don't know where she's trying to go with this. <laughs> And then I think somebody interrupted her. She got up. So I feel like I talked to like maybe two people, but I'm just sitting on this couch because I can't move. Mm -hmm. Then eventually I tell my friends, hey, I'm about to go to the store. Like, you know, I'm about to go to the gas station. I need to get out of here. I need to get out of, you know, 
outside and I need to get something to drink. Mm -hmm. So I go to the car, my car. And when I get to my door, I'm basically, you know, feeling like I have to throw up, but nothing comes out. And I'm just kind of heat. You're heaving. gagging. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I get into the car and I feel myself drifting. Like? Drifting out of consciousness. Really? Yeah. So like falling asleep or what does that feel like? <laughs> uh, it didn't feel like I was sleepy. It just felt like I was losing consciousness. Okay. And in my mind, it felt like I was dying. Like, did you physically, did your body physically hurt or you just like, was just, it was just your conscious drifting? Uh, I don't remember particular pains. It just felt like I was poisoned. Okay. Felt like something was off. Okay. Now I had a, yeah, I had another experience with another drug that felt like I was poisoned, but it didn't feel like this. It felt different. It felt like something was in my system. I I didn't think I heard of that story. Yeah. We don't got to get into it. Okay. Go ahead. Continue this. Um, but. Yeah, I think just in my mind, I started to think, oh, I think this is it. I think this is it. Like, I've I've never felt this way on this particular drug. I'm going hot and cold. I messed up. I think at that point I realized I had taken them too close just because I didn't feel it within the first 15, 20 minutes. I made a mistake. Now, I used to think that I was wise with how I took drugs. I would look them up online. I would try to be wise about it <laughs> as much as I could be wise. You know what I mean? Like, think about that. Um, but I felt like I was dying for real. And I'm sitting there drifting and I'm like, this is it. This is it. What is my life? Mm-hmm. What did you, what were you thinking about? Like, did your life flash before your eyes? My life didn't flash before my eyes, but I had the thought, if I let go, I'll die. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if I was okay with it. Mm. And then, and you know, and and I was like seeing colors too and stuff. And then I started to have these thoughts about my family all of a sudden out of nowhere man, my family doesn't know that I do these type of drugs. This is going to be a complete shock to my parents. And they're going to, it's going to be a sad case. Oh, dang! this young high schooler died off of ecstasy. Nobody knew. His friends knew, but his parents didn't know. That's crazy. Maybe he had a promising future. Yeah. And later in life, I was like, I felt like that was God or a, you know, if you believe in angels, like I felt like something put those thoughts in my mind because after those thoughts came, I was like, oh, I'm going to hold on. Yeah. I'm not going to let go. I don't want my family to feel this type of shame. Yeah. And then shortly after that, one of my, <laughs> one of my boys showed up. It was like, bro, you ain't go nowhere. <laughs> you still right here. What are you doing? <laughs> you supposed to go to the store a long time ago. Move over, get the passenger seat. And he got in the car and he drove. <laughs> and we went to the store. It's like, meanwhile, I was just having this, like, yeah, I, I don't know what I'm I about I was to like, die. Bro, I can't drive, bro. <laughs> I can't. I'm not good, man. I, I'm not good. And I stayed up that whole night because if you know anything about pills, um, you get wired sometimes. So, you so I couldn't you go to sleep. sleep. Yeah. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't go to sleep. So, so at I, that point, you didn't feel like you were about to lose consciousness. You you were up. Yeah, I was wow. up. Yeah, yeah. And so um, went to one of my friend's house, stayed there, didn't go home probably a good idea that I didn't go home everybody asleep I wanted to go to sleep but I couldn't go to sleep and I'm just looking at these blinds and I sat there all night <laughs> till the sun and came. watched the sun come up I think Gucci Man and Kid Cudi have a song or something where they talk about rolling 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 I mean slept okay. in weeks wow I was rolling yeah rolling. so that's my story yeah and then after that I was I would still get X but I would be scared to take it. Mm-hmm. But you still took it. I took it, I think, one or two times after that, but it was not the same. Did that change your life at all, like, as far as the actions? Did you slow down on... on? Did you reflect any more in your life and the things you were doing? Or were you just like, I just never do an ex like that again? I think 
you know they say when you're young you feel like you're invincible mm-hmm. i think after that i thought to myself i'm not invincible <laughs> <laughs> that almost like, took I could, me out yeah i could actually die you know and so there was a a certain amount of respect for drugs that i had <laughs> respect to the drugs yeah like okay. this thing could actually take me out yeah there was a little bit of fear there like oh okay i gotta be careful I do remember one time I came over to your house. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know what you. I know where you're going. <laughs> you try to give me eggs. I didn't know what you were giving me. You're like Devon. No, Devon. You said, "Oh, Alyssa, I have something to give you." And we weren't dating at the time. I think we were just like, you know, sneaky links. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think it was during Christmas time. But I felt like you were in college at the time, because I I don't think I was in high school anymore. But you handed me something in my hand, and I opened it, and I said, "What is this pill?" You're like it's ecstasy. You can it's for you. You can have it. I don't want it. And I'm like, if you don't want it, why would you give it to me? I know. And then I think I knew about your ecstasy experience, and I was like, why would you get? I should have called the federals. I know. <laughs> right. We would have both got arrested. Right then and Who there. Knows? How dare you? Yeah. Try to drug. No, I'm kidding. You didn't try to drug me, but well, I, I gave you the option. I gave <laughs> you the red pill. <laughs> well, yeah. then. So then you, um. You went on to college and, you know, going back to what you said earlier about how you you had time to just reflect in your life. And I think that's so true is that when like kids, kids, when we leave high school, we leave our parents home and we're on our own and we're independent. We're really seeing life, experiencing life for ourselves, and experiencing it for the first time. What made you decide to start looking for meaning or purpose because also before you came to Jesus, you also, you started looking into different other religions. Yeah. I mean, you were exploring. It's a long story. Yeah. It's a long story, it's but wild. you, but you were looking into, you know, uh, Hinduism, mm-hmm. new age, yeah. nation of Islam, Hebrew Israelites, which one of those resonated with you the most? Hebrew Israelites, I think resonated with me the most. Okay. Yeah. You want to share what that is for those who don't know? Uh, very quickly, as brief as you can. I know it's complicated. I know it's a lot. It is. And the, it's not like a totally united front. You know, they, they, there's some differences among the beliefs, but basically, um, it's a group of people that identify as Israel Israel had 12 sons, and so uh, they consider themselves part, or at least some of them consider themselves part of the lost tribes of Israel um, that were taken into slavery, you know, by ships and stuff like that. And it's an interpretation of a certain scripture in Deuteronomy. And they have, you know, many scriptures that they talk about to justify the belief system. But, yeah, so, you know, I believe that I was one of the members of the lost tribes of Israel. I think I believe I was part of Benjamin or Judah particularly because, uh, <laughs> because my mom's Trini and my dad's African-Americans from Norfolk area. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, 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 it was appealing and there seemed to be a level of wisdom in the teachings and um, but I I dabbled in many belief systems and many forms of religion and ideology. What made you turn there. to religion though? What What was the moment that was like you know sick yeah. of this? Yeah, there was all these reflective moments. So I go to college. I don't have the status that I had in high school. I don't have the friend group that I had in high school. My friends went to different colleges. Some of them went to A and T. Some of them went to Central. They went to different places, Hampton, stuff like that. I went to you know, this college town, East Carolina, East Carolina pirate nation. Uh, and so I'm far, I'm, you know, I'm hours away from my home. And then, like I said earlier, the, the, the party scene wasn't what I expected it to be. The black community was much smaller than I thought it would be. I'm like, Whoa, hold up. Everybody knows each other. And the guy that I knew that went, (laughs) went to this school before me, he was talking about it and stuff like that. I was like, bro, everybody, we all know each other. Like, this is, this is small. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and then the alcohol started to, you know, backfire on my gut. 
So I'm like, I can't be doing this the way uh, that I was doing this back in high school. And I would just have these sobering moments. I remember waking up beside a empty bottle of Bacardi gold and thinking my life has to be more than this, just this bottle. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking about my little cousins. I never thought about my little cousins. <laughs> I was like, they're probably looking up to me and what am I doing with my life? Yeah. What am I doing with my life? Just I mean, all these times think, of reflection. You didn't think getting a college education was enough? Like that you, that was you doing something with your life? Yeah, but I didn't have vision. Some people come into college and they're like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a construction manager. I didn't have vision, clear vision of what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm in this space. You know, before I went to college, uh, I had a guy that I work with. He was older than me. He said, college is like a neighborhood without parents. And there's truth to that, you know, you're not under the authority of your parents, or at least some of us aren't. And I have to figure out for myself what I want to do. And I have no answers. Yeah. I'm still seeking pleasure. You know what I mean? And then what happened was I'm listening to rap music Mm. and hip hop. And there were particular artists that would talk about conspiracy theories and Illuminati Hmm. Now, like I said earlier, I'm a red pill kind of guy. Like I can go there. Yeah. I can go below the surface. So it was intriguing. And I'm noticing subliminal messages. I'm like, what is Lupe talking about? What is Tupac talking about? Like, what are they, what, what do they mean? You know? And so that conspiracy, conspiracy was the open door. It intrigued you. Yeah. Uh, for spirituality and religious, uh, religion for me. Okay. And so I, that was the open door for me. I went down that hole. I remember. And then I became obsessed with knowing the truth. And you remember that. It was an obsession for me. I yes. have to know the truth. Because for me, you know, I knew that one plus one is two. That if there's a truth out there, it's absolute. It's not like all these religions are saying different things. For me, I didn't believe that they were all right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, some people believe that truth is subjective. And I'm like, well, or they're all essentially saying the same thing. Yeah, but they aren't. They are. If you look in, if you, yeah, yeah, I think that's a disrespect to people's faith and belief systems. They aren't all saying the same thing. When you get down and study them, some of them are different. Now, there's commonalities among them, but they aren't saying the same thing. You know, even in the major world religions, like the biggest ones that have the most people, the greatest populations, even when you get down to the the crux and the foundations, there are things that are different fundamentally. And I knew that. And so I'm like, I got to search. <clears throat> I took a world religions class, which is wild because my professor, I found out, lives in our neighborhood. <laughs> Your world All religions. All these years, bro, I'll see bro walking his dog one night. And I was like, yo, what's good? No, but like, that's it's funny because I, I always see my old com professor yeah. walking in our neighborhood. Oh, for real? Yes. I didn't even know that. Yes. And I'm like, oh, there she go. Yeah. There she go. But it's our neighborhood. We learned recently. This is a sidetrack. Yeah. But we learned recently our neighborhood was created for professors of the college <sighs> that we. Uh, You're so observant and smart. No, our na- no, we had. I do. I remember. Yes. One of our I, I one of the that, original yeah. our neighborhood, our house was built in the 60s. So there was this couple who lives down the street from us. They are the OGs of this neighborhood. So they they're, the OGs, they were giving yeah. me <laughs> the background. And they're that's amazing. why all, never mind. I'm not going to give into yeah, the details, yeah. but yes. Yeah, so it was, it was created for the professors. So that's so interesting. That, it is. It is. You know. Yeah. So I just, I, I took a world religions class. I had to study a couple of religions. Um, I became very intrigued with ancient Egyptology, uh, the conscious religions or conscious community, all that. Uh, Hinduism. I mean, I was uh, trying to open my chakras, Eastern meditation, transcendental uh, meditation, like, and I was dabbling. I won't say that I was studying in depth all of it. And one thing that did mark what I was doing is I was a YouTube scholar. Oh, yeah. YouTube University. (laughs) And those algorithms will take you wherever your crazy mind wants to go. The same for TikTok now. Yeah. 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 And so I'm just clicking on videos. Otis, Otis, Otis. And um, (laughs) that led me into some wild stuff. And, you know, some of the stuff I saw was valid, but a lot of it, some of it wasn't, you know. And uh, that's how I got into searching through different religions. So what led you to Jesus? (laughs) 
I mean, so, that's that's another one. It's a super. It's like that one is like three hours. Yeah. <laughs> this part, there's like sagas of this. Yeah. So uh, if you can just, I could summarize it. If, well, if you yeah. could just summarize it, and then like once you met Jesus, what made you say? What made you realize this is it? Like this is it. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so, uh, I met a guy mm-hmm. that I knew from middle school. Mm-hmm. He also stayed on campus. We connected. Uh, he was reading the Bible. I was getting interested in the Bible at the same time. We started trying to seek this thing together, me, him, and another guy. Um, <clears throat> and so before too long, I start reading the Bible. I start reading the back of the Bible. I'm like, let's see all this all ends. Remember, <laughs> I'm a red pill kind of guy, so I go to Revelation. <laughs> And I'm tripping because I don't understand apocalyptic literature. I don't understand that there's different types of literature in the Bible. There's different genres. So you don't read them all the same time, the same way they have different rules, which we understand that. You know what I mean? You don't read a play the way you read a historical account, yeah. you see? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so I'm taking everything literally and I'm freaking out and I'm having these dreams. I've always been a person that would have dreams at night mm-hmm. and stuff. And I'm having dreams that seem like they're about the apocalypse. And so me and my friend, through different circumstances, through numerology, I mean, that's a whole nother thing, uh, attributing meaning to numbers. We begin to believe that we are two end time prophets. The mm. book of Revelation 11. <laughs> 11. <laughs> 11. There's two end time witnesses. So we believe that we're these two people. That leads us on a nomadic journey in 2012. Heard a lot of people, heard a lot of relationships. Um, did a lot of self-destructive things, but at the core, we were both hungry for yeah. God. Y'all were. We were hungry for truth. I mean, and we end up going down to Houston, Texas. This was over the course of like two months in the summer of 2012. Stayed in homeless shelters, you know, living out of my car, stayed on the beach, had wild experiences, met amazing people. And God was just so gracious and merciful to us. We could have died. We could have, I mean, all these things kind of could have happened. Um, But as I'm reading the Bible, um, I realized, oh, I need to get baptized. I believe that Jesus is the one. Like, I'm just reading the scriptures. No one really led me to it. I'm like, I just think this is, he is the one. Like, this stuff is true. And I get baptized in this mega church in Houston, Texas, in front of hundreds of people that I don't know. And um, this is just from reading the Bible. You know, we were reading Proverbs heavy. I'm just like, they just, it seemed something, it seemed like there was something different about the scriptures. And I think there was a part of me that it connected with my roots growing up in church as a kid. Mm. Uh, But the defining moment was an encounter, uh, uh, an experience I had at a Pentecostal, a West African Pentecostal <laughs> church. I didn't even understand denominations at the time. I call them different brands of Christianity. I didn't even understand the differences. I just read the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. And I noticed that um, they were walking with the Holy Spirit, the, the power of God. And I was like, I need that. And so we're at this church. People are falling down on the ground and is you weren't scared. You weren't scared of it. People were scared of it. I went through phases. You know, I went through like, I don't know if all this is real. You know, uh, I think some of this might be darkness, like not true. I mean, I went through all those thoughts. Um, But at that particular service, I was like, they got something and I want it. They're having an experience and it seems powerful. So I talked to the pastor and he's, he basically is like, I'm going to pray for you. So he prays for me and it was one of the most tangible experiences I've had with God up until that point where basically I felt that God loved me and he saw me. That was the big light bulb. It was like a lot of it went off. Boom. God loves me and he sees me. Through just a prayer. Through a prayer. Yeah. yeah. He was like a medium, so to say, for God, like uh, uh, an entry point. For God but to prior, if anybody yeah. ever said, oh, God loves you, it was kind of like, okay. Yeah, it was like, okay. <laughs> but you yeah, actually, yeah. Well, for whatever reason, in that moment, it was like, it clicked. Yeah, it clicked. And I, I was a lot more open. I wanted him to pray for me because I wanted to encounter the Holy Spirit. I believe that people could actually 
experience God, not just intellectually, but physically and emotionally. I, w- I had been at that point, yeah. you know, and uh, I wanted to have that experience. And I realized that God loved me. It was like a light bulb went off. I was like, man, you know, it doesn't matter where we go. God's going to provide for me. He's with me. It was like this peace, this clarity came. I didn't realize that the clarity came because of the prayer until years later. So I talked to my friend and and uh, I was like, bro, we can go back to ECU. We don't have to make any of this stuff happen. So, you know, to make a long story shorter, we just pick up the trail, go back. Uh, I call it the walk of shame, you know, trying to pick up relationships and apologize and all things that were necessary, you know. And we get back to our school and we fall back into some of the same stuff. What stuff? You know, I'm, I'm back out drinking and, you know, Why? doing things like that. I think part partly because it was like an identity crisis. You think that you're something. You realize you're not. You you begin to realize you're not or was this all a lie? You know. What do you mean the the being end time prophet? Yeah, yeah, that. You know, I was like I'm doubting that now. Like what was that about? You know, why are we out here on these streets for so long? Yeah. Uh I knew God was real. I wasn't doubting that. Yeah. Um but just this I it was a identity type of problem who am I what was this about um I felt ashamed about how I'd um treated people in my life that were close to me and stuff like that through the experience um <clears throat> so we were wrestling and you know he was going through his own struggles I, I'm I kind of I'm kind of dramatic <laughs> I've actually uh journaled through that whole time mm. and um you burned it right yeah do you I, wish you would have kept I it I wish I would have kept it I took the pages out and I took it out to the campus complex that I was in my apartment into this middle field. (laughs) And I had a burning ritual of my past (laughs) and I cut my hair. We both had like, you know, a lot of hair. I cut my hair and, uh, wow. Yeah. I was like, it has to be, you know, things have to be new. And I had these two new roommates. I came back two days after school started. Yeah. They had no idea what they was getting into. Right. Who I was. We didn't know each other. They were kind of friends I'm already. so grateful they ended up being your roommates, though. They're, they're amazing. They're the best. My they're, gosh. They're awesome. Yeah. And so, uh, to make a long story even shorter. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just so much. Just I'm, so sure, much I'm sure there. people listening are like, I have so many questions. Yeah. Like, that's what, another, what maybe that's you... another episode where I could tell the experience. Yes. Maybe you could even... Maybe, Maybe I can even have the other guy yeah, your friend. on the podcast. That'd yeah, be amazing. That'd be wild. Yeah, I think you would enjoy that. Yeah, so we're, we're back and, um, you know, we're trying to figure it out, what was going on. We're still like brothers. People thought we were twins. We're kind of like same height, complexion, build, stuff like that. And um, we figured we should probably go to like a church or something. Like up until that point, we weren't going to no churches. We were going up until that point. We were going to churches and telling them that they were wrong. Oh, <laughs> um, and so we it's go. It's fine. You were young. Yeah, we were young. They were, you know, people. <laughs> I met some people in New Orleans, some pastors in New Orleans. They were so gracious and merciful with us. You yeah, know, they were like, "You guys are young, baby." It was crazy. You get to do that. You young get to do that baby. now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get to do that now. Uh, so we go to a campus ministry. Um, a how'd guy you, calls how, me. How'd you end up at the campus? Uh, this football player that I would see on campus that I thought had some clout. You know, he seemed cool. <laughs> you thought? He probably did. He probably did, yeah. I mean, he's great. We're still friends with him to this We're day. We're still friends with him, him to this day. Wife. Him and his wife, yeah. I would see him on campus just sitting out on the steps and him and the guys, and they were football players, and football at ECU was huge. And he just handed me a flyer one day. He was like, yo, what are you doing tonight? Nothing. You guys should come to our meeting. Mm. I already told him that I wasn't doing nothing, so I couldn't tell him that I had something to do. But we were already searching. It was the perfect time. The power of a flyer. The power of an invitation. Ooh, and a yes. friendly smile. He has a great smile too. His smile lights up a city, <laughs> like it lights up a room. Uh, so I go that night. I don't remember the message. They have a hangout out. Uh, after that, we go downtown, eat at this dope place, one of these OG places in our city. And um, a guy calls me three days later. Yo, you want to get lunch? We meet up. And this guy was different. I mean, he was totally different for me, super intellectual, very smart, uh, a white guy. Um, and uh, But when he talked about God, it, it's as if he knew him. Mm. And he had a wisdom in his words, and I would say a certain kind of like 
attractiveness to the way he talked that was intriguing. Now, I didn't immediately tell him all the crazy in and outs of my life. I let him in a little bit, but he was just intrigued in me. And so we formed a relationship. He was like a mentor figure. Next thing you know, I'm playing disc golf with all these white people. (laughs) Don't even realize that I'm doing that. And, you know, God is breaking down racial barriers that were in my heart that I didn't even know was there. Mm. I'm enjoying my time. Yeah. You know, and I get in a Bible study and this is when the gospel or the good news about all Jesus was about started to click in my life. And I think being a part of a group helped me with that. Um, I remember I was meeting at the office with this mentor and um, I was in a, a relational situation that I knew that God didn't want me in. And I was mistreating basically two people. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was talking about what I was going to do for God. I'm going to go back to, you know, I'm going to go back and change this and stop these relationships and do better. And as I was talking, it was as if I was talking in circles. And the only way I could explain this is like cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. I realized that what I was saying, I was not actually going to do. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So I'm going to do all this stuff so for like God. You, like you wanted to, but you knew you weren't going to do it. Yeah, I wanted to, but I knew that I was going to repeat the same cycle I had been in my whole life. Which was? <laughs> that's funny. That's kind of extra. I was just going <laughs> to stay in these relationships. You know what I mean? Like uh, it was with two girls and I felt like I was um, just not being true, you know? Um to them and not valuing their dignity and stuff like that. And I knew I was just going to go back and do the same stuff that I was doing. And that's when I realized that, Oh, I really need Jesus. Funny enough. I had already been baptized Mm. up to this point. I already knew that Jesus was the one, but I think I had a deeper, this was, this was like some time into you getting, yeah, get involved. I had already been involved for a little bit. Yeah. I'd already been reading through the Bible and stuff like that. And uh, I was being coached. But this moment was when uh, my realization of how much I need Jesus clicked on a different level. And mm-hmm. I realized this is first that says Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful and desperately sick above all things. Who can understand it? And I was like, man, I, I'm deceiving myself. Oh, I need Jesus to save me from myself. Yeah. I have all this potential, but I have self-destructive tendencies. I keep sabotaging my whole life. Yeah. And I realized that I'm the problem. It's not so much like <laughs> this stuff the outside. The problem can't fix the problem. The problem can't fix the problem. You can't solve a problem in your mind with your own mind. I heard someone say that once. I think it's true. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I need God to help me obey God. I need a new heart. And things started to change drastically over time. So how long after that did you get it together? Did you get things right? I still ain't got it together. What you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't want anybody to think that, you know, um, believers don't have issues. It's, it's the fact that I acknowledge that I have issues that allows me to be, you know, um, to have access to God. You know what I'm saying? Like if I never admit that I, don't have any issues I won't be able to be rescued from my issues yeah you know what I'm saying and so I forgot your question sorry (laughs) I just meant I I was it was a hypothetical question not hypothetical it was a I was just being funny yeah how long got you how long did it take you to get it get things right yeah yeah years years in progress in process in process still you know buffering still loading (laughs) still still loading you know but the idea is that you you will we will always as believers be in this process of growing yeah i mean the god's will is to conform us into the image of his son jesus Mm -hmm. christ Mm -hmm. and his son is perfectly holy perfect love perfect joy perfect self-control always thinking about others, never thinking about himself, finding joy in other people's success. I'm going to start preaching if I keep going. Yeah, yeah, you uh-huh. better. Because <laughs> it's so good. I mean, the more I follow God, 
I realized this is way better than I thought. You know, growing up, I thought it was a book of rules. and I didn't realize that the level of intimacy and fellowship you can have with God and his people, but particularly God, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is way better than I thought. Like, if you knew that you could talk and commune with God in a deeper way than you can with the closest individual to you, I mean, that drastically transformed our relationship with God. And that's all union with Christ. And so he was showing me that I'm in God. Like we, I have the same relationship that Jesus has with the father. That's what he's offering me. Yeah. And it's been blowing my mind year after year after year. And he's been healing my heart, changing me. I didn't know all the stuff that needed to be taken out of my mind, will and emotions and my affections. Yeah. And so the closer I get to God, the more I realize that I got a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. But what's so dope about it is that he removes all your guilt because he gives you his ID card. Jesus, my ID card is dead. It's gone. The life I now live, I live in Christ. But yeah. I'm still myself. Yes. It's awesome. It is. It's awesome. Well, that was all the questions I had. We're going to leave it on that note. That was a good place to leave it. Let's leave it there. <laughs> There's just so much more, though, so to much you, more. which, you know, I'm sure as you guys are going to be listening into future episodes, you'll hear more from our stories and yeah. really excited about um, what's to come. Um, like I said earlier, we hope to involve some of you guys in some of our conversations. You can email us if you have any feedback or thoughts um, yeah, at theuntoldhype at gmail.com. Please do. Um, you can connect with us on social media. We have an Instagram page at the Untold Hype on Instagram, or you can follow our personal pages as well. Um, in the next episode. Yeah, in the next episode, I will be interviewing you. I'm nervous. And doing my best Do to your best. pull out the gems and the diamonds in your life. Okay. Yeah. That's. I'll do my best. You should be doing that every day. <laughs> you do. You do that every day. <laughs> But yes, we're going to get into my story. My journey has been a, a little bit different than yours. Mm-hmm. I have a different background than you do. And um but a lot of a lot of your faith has to do with my faith too. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to hear, but we hope to post episodes every other Monday. Um so be sure to follow us, subscribe on on the Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And until next time. Until next time. Stay, stay faithful, faithful and believe, believe the, the hype. hype.